0: Daniel was a gentleman who lived a long, long time ago, but as you listen to that chapter being read this morning, did your mind take you to the other side of the continent of Europe? And did you see a rich, powerful nation seeking to overcome a weaker one and to absorb them into their nation. Many people don't read the Bible now, feeling that it has got nothing to say to them about life in this century. But the Bible is rich, rich in story, rich in knowledge, rich in advice. The Bible is about our God and his giving of himself to the Jewish nation and then to the world through Jesus Christ, his son, our Lord. And so there was an opening which reminds us of life today. Or maybe your attention was taken up by another part of that chapter a, cha- a piece which might have been a commercial for those who would like others to be vegetarians vegetables no wine heaven help me but but there is something behind this Advice on what to eat or drink. Daniel and his friends did not want to defile themselves by eating or drinking food and wine which had previously been offered to the Babylonian gods. They did not want anybody to believe that they had given up on God, their Heavenly Father. And certainly, The Bible makes clear that there was a testing period after which Daniel and his three fellow Israelites outperformed the Babylonian young men. And so they were brought forward and became high officials in the Babylonian government. But of course, the story is told for another reason altogether. And the clue is in verse 8. Daniel determines not to allow himself to be ritually unclean by eating the food and drinking the wine. And the young men behave as they do because they want to make it clear that the source of their life, the one who sustains them, and guides them and loves them It's not the Babylonian God but their God, the God of Israel, the God who would give us His Son. For the young men, their food and drink is full of symbolic meaning as food and drink so often is. If they eat it and drink, then people will believe that they have revolted against judaism and have adopting the babylonian religion the temptation to allow themselves to become absorbed into the culture of babylon would have been tempting they would have enjoyed the powers that they would be given And the life that they would be able to lead. But the Bible tells us that there was, there they were, holding to their own faith. But it didn't prevent them from being leaders in that country. But they don't cross the boundaries which deny their upbringing and deny their love for their gods. They don't cross boundaries into another faith. And it's the same point which is made again and again in the book of Daniel in the account of the fiery furnace and of the lion's den. Three times Daniel and his friends face the test of loyalty. Three times they demonstrate there is a limit to their tolerance and to what they might be invited to do. The stories in the book of Daniel highlight something which is very important. They highlight the whole concept of limitation. That is, the limits which we place on our tolerance of our behavior and the acceptance of other cultures, other faiths, and the way in which we adhere to our vision and belief in our God and his purpose for us. Daniel bases his belief in the one that he recognizes to be his creator, the one that he believes who sustains him and his fellow countrymen. Daniel believes that his God is the one who will be able to teach them how to live and enjoy the life that is theirs. He does not believe, nor doubt do his friends that to make a, a replica of some thing or other and place it in a temple and worship it that, that has any meaning for them, gives them any opportunity to live the life that they know that God would want them to live. And so it is that Daniel can go so far with his allegiance to a foreign king, but no further. For some people, their vision of life is narrow and their tolerance of other people is very limited, and for such people, and that would probably be the vast, the mass of humanity that is an evil source of defilement. For such people it is necessary to save themselves by imposing a very rigid discipline And to back this up with severe penalties. And even if we think that this vision is limited and we have to accept that they hold such a high place for God and believe themselves to be the loyal and faithful people that He wants them to be, they are not. Because they have a lack of tolerance for other people. Grace and mercy Would be words that they know but would not practice. For many, the boundaries governing life are less clear-cut. And for those who have unclear vision of what's going on, their picture of God is a more loving than judgmental God. Their picture of mankind is still of a society which is weak and selfish and sinful, a society to which one has to reach out to in love and forgiveness rather than to see the need to destroy and so prevent contamination. And then there is another group, those who have a looser concept concept of God, a greater tolerance of others. And such people have far less sense of judgment, far less a sense of sin, and less understanding of any God whatsoever. Read the book of Daniel. It's worth reading. But as always, the guide to who and to what is right must be Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus, who put the worship of God, His Father, and obedience to His will at the very heart of His being, at the very core of the way that He lived His life, The way in which he guided with his teaching. At the beginning of this sermon this morning, we were considering the way that some paths and some faiths looked upon food and drink. And it is surely no accident whatsoever that at the very heart of Christianity there are the symbols of bread and wine, a plate and a cup. And through these elements, we are given a vision of God, a God who gives himself for us, who suffers in order that people might be saved, a God whose love is limitless, And yet a God who lays down some rules, rules for life, and who says very clearly, if you cross the boundaries of the faith in me, you will find yourself in what people call hell. And so always for you and for me, there is a choice. The choice is heaven or hell. And you and I have that choice for ourselves. But also we have that choice. And if we make it right, then we will help other people to know the love of God and the grace and mercy which he shows us Through his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord.